Judges chapter 13, verse 1. And the children of Israel again did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. Up to this point, we've already read about twelve different judges of Israel. So now comes the thirteenth judge, which is the most famous. Two, and there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bore not. All these judges have come from all different tribes. This next judge is coming from the tribe of Dan, but we had three from Manasseh, two from Ephraim, two from Zebulun, one from Judah, one from Benjamin, and one from Issachar. So they've been in all kinds of tribes that they've come from. And his wife was barren, meaning that she couldn't have children. Three, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren and hast not born, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. This happens a lot in the Bible, where a barren woman is miraculously given conception. This is a common theme in the Bible, that the barren woman will have many children. Sarah was barren. Rachel was barren. Later on, we'll read about Hannah being barren and Elizabeth being barren, and there's others as well. But right now, Zora's wife is barren, but the angel is promising her that she's going to have a son. For now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink no wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. This child is going to be a Nazarite, and Nazarites are not allowed to cut their hair. They're not allowed to drink wine or any type of alcohol. They're not allowed to eat any food that's unclean because they're sanctified for holiness unto the Lord. I believe John the Baptist was also a Nazarite because he lived like a Nazarite would live. And Samson is a Nazarite, although he violated the laws of being a Nazarite, but he was born to be that. The angel is telling his mother that while she's pregnant, she cannot violate the Nazarite laws because this baby is inside of her and it's going to consume what she consumes. So if she has wine, the baby will get wine. And that's why she's not allowed to drink it. 5. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. This doesn't mean spiritual salvation. It just means salvation from the Philistines, which are a type of Canaanite. They're a type of pagan. He's going to be a temporal savior, not like Jesus. 6. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God, very terrible. And I asked him not whence he was, neither told me his name. Angels typically don't tell people in the Bible their names because God doesn't want us to worship angels. So it's very rare when an angel gives people their name. But she says that he had a terrible countenance, and that means it was fearful, which means he was probably shining bright because of holiness, and she was afraid when she looked at him. Because again, holiness kills evil. And because she had sin in her, because we've all sinned, even though she was probably a righteous woman, she had sinned at some point in her life, which meant that it was scary for her to be in the presence of pure holiness, because that angel came from heaven. 7. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb to the day of his death. His entire life he's to be a Nazarite, and he doesn't get off the hook. Now a Nazarite is a very special servant of the Lord, kind of like the Navy SEALs 
are a special force in the military. The Nazarites are a special force in God's kingdom. They're supposed to be fasting, praying, abstaining from alcohol, cutting their hair so that they can prophesy before the people and even do signs and wonders. I even have a feeling that Elijah may have been a Nazarite, but I'm not sure, and the Bible doesn't say that he was, but he kind of lived similar to the way a Nazarite would live, and so did John the Baptist. 8. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O Lord, I pray thee, let the man of God whom thou didst send come again unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. Now the angel has already given his wife instructions, but Manoah seems to need some sort of affirmation about the instructions. He wants to be double sure that he really gets it right. He thinks he needs more instructions, but the angel already gave his wife all the instructions that they needed. 9. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again unto the woman as she sat in the field, but Manoah her husband was not with her. 10. And the woman made haste and ran, and told her husband, and said unto him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me that day. The angel appeared to her in a field, and then she ran and got her husband to go see the angel because Manoah is the one who really wanted to talk to the angel. 11. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said unto him, Art thou the man that spokest unto the woman? And he said, I am. You'll notice that they call him a man, and that's because angels essentially look like people. And it's interesting that when God describes himself, he describes himself as having hands and arms and eyes and nose and everything that humans have. That's another way that we may be created in his image, is that the form that he takes looks like the form of angels or the form of people. There are some angels that look like animals, but the messenger angels seem to look a lot like people. The angel said, I am, and I told you before that no one in the Bible says I am unless they're God. But we also notice that every time angels speak, they're speaking in first person, the words of the Lord. An angel repeats what God says verbatim, and we've seen that a lot where angels have spoken and said, I the Lord, blah, 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 but they're not the Lord. 12. And Manoah said, Now when thy word cometh to pass, what shall be the rule for the child, and what shall be done with him? 13. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. The angel is saying, I already told the woman on the first visit what she has to do. The child cannot have his hair cut, can't drink alcohol can't eat anything unclean. 14. She may not eat of anything that cometh of the grapevine, neither let her drink wine nor strong drink. She can't even have grape juice or grapes, nor eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. The reason that they're not even allowed to eat grapes or grape juice is because there's always that possibility that it fermented, because grapes can, if they're laying out in the cold for a long period of time, they could ferment just by themselves. 15. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee, that we may make ready a kid for thee, which is a goat. Manoah doesn't yet realize that he's been talking to an angel. He does think he's been talking to a human, probably a prophet. 16. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt make ready a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. This angel is refusing to eat, unlike the angels who visited Abraham. But when the two angels visited Abraham, they were also with Jesus. Because when they left to go to Sodom, and the Bible said that they were angels, the man left behind under the tree that Abraham spoke to, he called him Lord. 
So Jesus was with those two angels, and maybe that's why they sat down and ate. But this angel won't do that. This angel is all alone. So he won't eat the Lord's sacrifice. 17. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name, that when thy words come to pass we may do thee honor? 18. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore askest thou after my name, seeing it is hidden? And this is the same thing as saying, My name is a mystery. The book of Revelation says that when we get to heaven, Jesus will give each of us a secret name that's written on a white stone. So I guess he's given angels secret names too. Even when Moses asked God what his name was, God didn't give him a name that anyone on this planet understands. He only gave him four letters. Y-H-W-H. It's not a word. It was four letters because it doesn't translate to earthly languages. The angel is saying, no, I'm not going to give you my name. 19. So Manoah took the kid with a meal offering and offered it upon the rock unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously, and Manoah and his wife looked on. 20. For it came to pass, when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar, that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar, and Manoah and his wife looked on, and they fell on their knees to the ground. Remember when Gideon made a sacrifice and the angel touched his staff to it, then it went up in flames and was consumed by God? Well, this time, the angel doesn't have a staff, apparently, and this could be a totally different angel. But he actually goes up in the flame that Manoah started and ascends to heaven through that flame. 21. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah or his wife, because two times was enough. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord, because he went up in the flame. That was a sign that they really were talking to an angel. 22. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die, because we have seen God. And again, there's that great fear of holiness, the fear of the Lord. He's so holy that when you're in his presence, even when you're in the presence of an angel who was in God's presence, it's enough to make you feel like you're going to die because of the evil that's within us. We can't tolerate the holiness of God. That's why we won't enter heaven until we have our new, incorruptible, holy bodies. Because in the bodies we have now, if we were to approach the Lord, we would die. 23. But his wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meal offering at our hand. Neither would he have shown us all these things, nor would at this time have told such things as these. She's talking common sense. She's saying, If we were going to die, the angel wouldn't have even told us the message that we're going to conceive, and our son is going to be a Nazarite. 24. And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. Samson is growing in the strength of the Lord, because the Lord has called him to do something mighty. 25. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him in Manahedan, between Zorah and Eshtaol. So the Spirit of God sent Samson away from his home into a place called Manahay in the territory of Dan, which is between Zorah and Eshtaol. And this is all on purpose. God wants him in that area. Getting back to what it means to be a Nazarite, we covered the laws about Nazarites in the book of Numbers chapter 6. That was where God explained how Nazarites are supposed to live. They're not supposed to drink wine. They can't cut their hair and all that stuff. And in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul and Timothy both took a Nazarite vow. So it's where you choose to take a vow to consecrate yourself unto the Lord for a certain period of time. And then after the vow is complete, then you shave your head. But before that, you let your hair grow. 
the prophet Samuel also was a Nazarite, so he would have also had long hair. But the interesting thing about Samson is that he didn't choose to take a vow to consecrate himself to the Lord like you would normally do if you were a Nazarite. God actually appointed him to be a Nazarite before he was even born. This explains why Samson's heart was never in the holiness aspect of being a Nazarite. He enjoyed the strength and the fame and being able to kill his enemies, but he didn't care anything about drawing near to the Lord and consecrating his life unto the Lord. That explains the source of a lot of his trouble. And that concludes Judges chapter 13.